bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Hey everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. It's a lovely bank holiday weekend here in the United Kingdom, and, well, not this weekend. This weekend I went to see Fast X, which was a really bad time. Sorry, Dan Greamer, who was our guest today. But last week, last week, well, actually, no, is it technically the week before last now? I can't remember. On a Thursday in May, I went to see The Fugitive on the big screen at the Tyneside Cinema, and it was the best time ever. It's one of my favourite films ever. Um, Tom Lee Jones, one of those actors that I have been obsessed with since I was but a wee lad. Um, and seeing it on the big screen, which I never thought I'd be able to do because reissues aren't really a thing here and they've only really become a thing at my local cinema over the last couple of years. I didn't expect it to happen. To get to see it on the big screen was amazing. Um, and I thought now, given that it's also the film's 30th anniversary, it's another instalment of the 30 years of the 1993 being an epic dad movie year um just seemed like a great time to talk about the fugitives so yeah dan griever welcome back to the podcast to indulge all my uh my samuel gerard cord lovingness hello <laughs> we're uh we're, we're eating oranges and making podcasts mm, yeah yeah I... <laughs> I love that line Oh, it's so good. He's so good. So, I, this... I, I have to warn everyone in advance that a lot of this podcast might just be us doing really bad Tommy Lee Jones and slash or Harrison Ford impressions. If people are listening to this and are surprised when that happens, where have you been this whole time? <laughs> but yeah, The Fugitive came out in 1993. It's a remake of a TV show all about Dr. Richard Kimball in the movie played by Harrison Ford, who is framed for the murder of his wife and gets sentenced to death. Um, you uh, you didn't gets... say it right. I'm going to oh. interrupt you straight away. Go on. It's not, it's not just Dr. Richard Kimball. Dr. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Dr. Richard Kimball. Richard Kimball. Yeah. Our fugitive's name is Dr. <laughs> Richard Kimball. Uh, and he has to go on the run um, after they craft a real train and everything. It was a great time. He ends up going on the run. And top cop US Marshal Samuel Gerard, played by Tommy Lee Jones, and his gang of the coolest boys ever, co uh, led by uh, Joey Pants as uh, Cosmo. Um, and yeah, they end up hunting him down. All the meanwhile, Kimball is trying to expose the conspiracy that killed his wife and ended him. Ended up with him getting sentenced to death. Um, great cat and mouse thriller. Immaculately directed by Andrew Davis, who folks listening to this will probably also recognise as the guy who directed Under Siege. And I think he, I think he directed another Seagal movie. Was it uh, Above I think the he Law? did Above the Law. Yeah. yeah. And the um, Norris movie Code of Silence. So yeah. Not that long ago. And The Fugitive is way better than all those movies. Again, sorry, Dad, I'm stabbing you in no, the face. No, don't... <laughs> The, the Fugitive can be boiled down to thir- Thursday night I watched The Fugitive. Today's Sunday. Thursday night I watched The Fugitive and I got 15 minutes into The Fugitive and The Fugitive can be boiled down to the fact that 15 minutes in I DM'd you on Twitter and just said, is this one of the best movies of all time? <laughs> Genuinely, right. I've seen this film so many times but yeah, it's been too. like a good... It's been like a good... 
oh, I want to say like three, three or four years since I last rewatched it. Um, and seeing it on the big screen, I was like, wow, this thing is so immaculately well done. I'm so um, jealous. The um, the direction here and the editing is brilliant. The way they set up the 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 flash, like the non-linear introduction, where you have him attending this big gala with the um, the other doctors at the uh, hospital that he works at, and the uh, big pharmaceutical ph- pharmaceutical company heads, and interlace that with you know his wife's murder, and then him being interrogated by the two biggest bastard cops in movie history by the way these guys just <laughs> scream sweat and sleaze both yeah, of them yeah. uh and then in, and then intercut with that with him you know going on the run and then we also get more flashbacks all the stuff here it's it's so immaculately tight and just well executed um and it's also a great movie about how much dudes rock because the two the two biggest dudes in the movie um spoilers obviously but it's, they, they they come they come to love each other. It's a great time. It has one of the most satisfying um, enemies to to friends uh, arcs in a movie. I love that bit at the end. Man. I know we're going straight to the end at the beginning, but that oh, bit no, where where, um, where Kimball's like, I thought you didn't care. And uh, this is all after Gerard's like giving him an ice pack and like making sure that he's inside the car and getting the handcuffs. He's got his arm around him and everything. And then um, he's there like, I don't. <laughs> he starts giggling and uh, uh, I just I love it Tommy Lee Jones deserved this Oscar oh I, absolutely I, I, right and I'm, I'm I'm sorry I've had to put up with so much so many years of discourse of people being like oh Ray Fiennes should have got it for Schindler's List I don't care no, I don't care no, about no. Ray Fiennes right I care about Tommy Lee Jones you can't you don't argue with the big dog the big dog is always right Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones deserves it fully just for the the monologue that I interrupted the opening monologue so good yeah like the the biggest he deserves this it. movie. He, he deserves yeah, it. Absolutely. The, the, the reason he deserves it, he deserves it even before then. It's the bit where they approach him and then they're like, who the hell are you? And he just rips off the chest badge to reveal his US Marshal pin. <laughs> He's so good. The biggest... There's a lot of strengths to this movie. It's very well directed. Um, there's good action. Soundtrack's great. The biggest strength this movie has is in its entire cast. And the fact that Every pairing of any two characters in this movie, no matter how big or small those characters are, they just have insane chemistry on screen that somehow this director has brought out from every single actor. Like, I said, yeah, like I said crazy. when, I, the, like the the day after I watched it, um, it might have been the day of actually when I was coming back home. I said that it's kind of amazing that we've gotten so many like cop movies, cop TV shows in the years since The Fugitive has come out. And none of them, none of them have even a fraction of a pinky of the chemistry and charisma that Samuel Gerard and his US yeah. Marshals have in this picture, who, a lot of them don't get a lot of screen time. Um, no, but... but like, like Joe Pantaleano's here as, like, Gerard's, like, right hand. And you have um, Newman, and then, oh, well, God, what's, what's the, the rest of the, the guys that we've got here? But even um, like, it's, it's 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 not even just the cops. It's like every character. It's like you yeah. instantly buy in the couple of scenes together how much Richard Kimball loves his wife, his friends, all of his friends that he sees over the course of the movie from his time as a doctor. You just like he he meets Jane Lynch to get some evidence, and you immediately go, these people have known each other and been friends for years, and she's genuinely so relieved to see him again. Like every scene is so 
the characters just instantly feel really developed. Yeah. In a way that so, not many other movies have ever done. It does feel so immaculately lived in because these guys have such little time to leave a big impression. Like Julianne Moore gets like quite high billing in the opening credits and she's only in it for like three minutes. And she's great in the like two scenes she's in. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's it genuinely made me be like I, I mean I've seen this movie God, five or six times at least. More, probably. Yeah, it's one of my most watched. It's up there. Yeah, yeah. I probably, have, I've seen for a few dollars more, way more times than I've seen this, but it's it's up there, like, in terms of movies that I, is so watchable that I, they will always find their way into my rotation, just, like, regularly. But after having, after recording the Face Off podcast, where I went crazy about how much I love Face Off, this genuinely made me, like, I watched this again for like the sixth time and I was genuinely like is this the best movie of the 90s? It's, <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's the most unbelievably good. I'm going to keep saying that again. I think it might be the ultimate 90s dad movie, if not the ultimate dad movie ever. I think like oh, it's Hard on Target, the Mount Rushmore of dad yeah, movies like, for sure. I think Hard Target for me is like such a great action dad movie. Um but The Fugitive, you know, it's Harrison Ford it's in the 90s, so it's a slightly older Ford. You know, he's he's not past his prime, but he is, like, he's more mature. He's got that vul- that on-screen vulnerability where he's not, like, um, you know, punching Nazis in the face. So, like, he does get a few good punches in this He has some good though, punches, we'll some good Ford punches um, in this one. But it's that kind of, like, that, that vulnerable Ford era where he's, like, leaning into everyman characters. Obviously, Dr. Richard Kimball is... is uh, is a bit of a genius, you know, he's a bit of a smart dude, he has to be, to be a surgeon. Um, I'm a surgeon, Dr. Hahn. <laughs> <laughs> I have to drop that in there. This um, is, this is, I think, personally, is, I think it's Harrison Ford's best performance in any movie. Mm, including your favourite. I still think Witness is, is slightly better, but for different reasons. I think The Fugitive is like, it's definitely up there for me. Um, and so insanely quotable. Like, you switch the samples. <laughs> you find this man. You find this man. It's mad that it's like so quotable in like a fun action movie way, but then I think it's a really great tense thriller as well. And it's oh man, it's so good. I just, I'm, I'm I'm I don't feel like I have enough to say because I just want to say it's so good over and over again for an hour. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's where to- I'm at. That's totally fair. I think one of the things that was interesting to me watching it on the big screen is that. And I guess this this comes from, you know, my own cinematic journey and becoming more conscious of, like, filmmaking techniques and the art and stuff. Um, is like, how a Matt Hilty well-directed and, and, you know, as, as, as a piece of crap, like, as, 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 you know, how it was constructed, just sitting back and appreciating all the choices that are made here and how much they lend themselves well. You know, it's such a creative way to open a film. Um, you know, very brutal with his wife's murder, and then in, in, interspersing that in between the interrogations, and you, you really get that sense of despair that comes into it. But even though the opening is so strong, it doesn't let up for the entire runtime. Like Davis's handle on the pace of this movie um, is superb. It might be one of the most, one of the best paced films I've ever watched. Oh, for um, sure, yeah, it's, yeah. It's constantly gripping. Um, and that goes for whether you're spending most of your time with Kimball or when the perspective switches to Gerard. And the best thing, the best trick this movie pulls is that you want Kimball to succeed at every corner, 
But at the same time, you're like, well, how can I hate Gerard? Like, how can I hate these guys? They're just doing their job. And the the best thing, you know, they crystallize that relationship so well so early on. Because, you know, at the beginning, you're like, oh, this man, he's the evil, like, ruthless cop. He's going to ruin, you know, he's going to expose, well, he's going to, he's going to basically foil Kimball's plot to, you know, figure out what has actually happened. Um, the best thing they do is they have that face-to-face meeting at the beginning. Obviously, there's a few bits beforehand where they have some comedic moments where he's he's barking instructions to everyone. Newman's just there, stood on the side, yeah. and he's like, what are you doing, Newman? He's, like, thinking. He's like, well, maybe yeah. you can think me up some coffee and a chocolate donut with the little sprinkles on. Um, it's one of my favourite lines in the movie again. And, like, they all have that great chemistry beforehand, but it's that great bit where they have that, that iconic face-to-face meeting in the, the, the tunnel of the dam, um... And, you know, Kimball gets a drop on him and he doesn't shoot him, obviously, because he's a good man. And he just he just wants someone to listen to him. He's like, I didn't kill my wife. And then just Tommy Lee Jones is just dry, like dead, like just complete, just I don't care. Like he, he like he's literally so like, good. I don't care. Like I, I'm doing my job. All of this is a job to him. Um, and he, he he wants to hunt Kimball down and not have to think about you know the other stuff and it's kind yeah, of by it's kind of over the course of the movie he comes to learn that well actually no I'm gonna unearth this conspiracy alongside him because you know obviously Kimball is platinum breadcrumbs because um, at first he's like my job isn't to determine who is innocent and who is guilty mm-hmm. my job is this man has escaped from prison which is a crime mm. and I it's my job to hunt him down yeah it's um it's really well done I love Gerard's journey in this movie because I don't necessarily think it's a case of him like having a necessarily a big arc. It's more a case of like the facts get presented to him, but he's still quite a methodical, you know, guy. He's also a great boss, by the way. The way he delegates <laughs> responsibilities between all the boys to and a how degree. Much they, yeah, I, I, I like I love that a lot. And there's that great bit where obviously at the beginning when they have the amazing train escape. And they crash a legit train. And, like, um, you know, they're on the run. Harrison Ford, Kimball, comes face to face with another convict. Um, I've forgotten the convict's name now. Copeland, yeah, he's like, be good. Um, So Copeland goes on the run. Obviously, there are two fugitives now. Um, So Gerard splits his time between them. So as Kimball is basically blending in um, after the, the big dam escape, is blending into um, is, is it is, is it Chicago? It is Chicago. It's Chicago. It? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's blending into Chicago, trying to unearth what has actually happened. Um, they go and hunt down Copeland, who has been who is now chilling out with um, his lover. And you have that great bit where they're approaching them through like they've got all their great kind of like homeless person disguises going on and like being super covert. It just seems so excessive, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> Um, and you have that great tense bit when they get the drop on Newman um, and the guy's like um, I want to negotiate I got your man, I got your man and Gerard just methodically just dryly goes and kills him um, and I love that, I love just how good and efficient he is, he's like he's like a friendly Terminator in this <laughs> yeah, movie. I always said the same thing um, and it's just that, that great bit afterwards where he's like you could have killed me. I got I got permanent ear damage in this ear. It's it's terrible. And he's like, oh, let me take a look at that. Like just some kind of dad. Yeah. Let me look at that. Yeah. It's like, can you hear me? He's like, yeah. 
<laughs> the the insane thing I is don't bargain. <laughs> the insane thing is about this movie is that like Ford and and Tommy Lee Jones are so good whenever they're on screen together. They barely share any screen time. They're in like three scenes maybe together. Yeah, it's three. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the scene in the pipe, the scene at St. Patrick's Day parade and the end. Mm-hmm. But your phone, and I guess there's a phone call between them. But they would obviously have been filming that at different times, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's it's really crazy how well they bounce off each other, and you 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 fully really buy into that. I mean, I don't know if rivalry is the word, but that's the word we'll go for. No, it's good because the, 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 you, you're totally right there. The off the amount of chemistry these guys have, even though they're barely on screen together, you're right. It is really kind of electric because all this time you're willing them to just listen. Like, you're just willing Gerard to to listen to him. But at the same time, you're like, well, he has no reason to listen to him until Kimball gives him a reason, you know? It's great, um, and it really, it really, I think, harkens back to the show it's based on and very much the formula of TV shows at the time where you would have so many shows like The Fugitive that was... I mean, basically, The Fugitive, were, the show was... The whole plot of Richard Kimball being accused of killing his wife and escaping and being on the run wasn't really the main plot of that show in a way because the whole point of that show was every i I mean i didn't watch it but every episode was he would end up in a different town and he would help the people that he met there and that show's gone on to that's gone on to be on so many shows uh, that also had that kind of character that would change the The (laughs) a-team the incredible hulk uh, you know kung fu all sorts of shows like that and you would watch those shows and anytime that kind of character that would be chasing the main character would appear for his rare little appearance each episode you really bought into it even though characters never shared screen time like i used to love the incredible hulk when i was a kid i used to absolutely love that show and every week you just have that bit where sort of jack mcgee would show up to hunt him down and you'd be like oh is this is this the episode where he's finally gonna catch him oh he's so (laughs) close this week and you would like no he wouldn't because the show would carry on next week and he'd be in some new town doing some new stuff and this kind of really goes into like how you felt when you watched those shows as a kid and i I know we're both like a little young for a lot of those shows because we were we were 90s kids but it, it really sort of I don't know, it gave me a weird nostalgia for a time that I wasn't around for. Yeah, because I never really... I didn't... The th- the formula of the TV uh, of the TV show itself never came into my head, but learning that it was about him going from town to town and helping people, um, I like how they organically integrate that into here, because he goes around and he can't help but help people. That great bit, one of the best scenes in the film, is when he's investigating the prosthetics department, he's disguised as um, a janitor, yeah um and there's that big bus crash um that you hear and then all the children start filtering in and he can't help but help these people out i mean it's the same you know earlier on when he first makes it to the local hospital and he's like helping the the guy that he pulled off the bus you know yeah like, we won't go into fat that he steals an old man's breakfast but that right that scene <laughs> <laughs> that scene it's it's so weirdly uncomfortable it's like just yeah. Harrison Ford devouring his eggs right in front of him. <laughs> this, I mean, this, I don't like... think that old man looks comatose. I don't yes, think he's yeah, those yeah, eggs yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> but Harrison Ford ravenously devouring this man's scrambled eggs on some untoasted bread. It's like... 
his interaction with the cop as he's walking after that scene is one of one of my favorite scenes in the movie when the cop's yes. like he says what does it look like and he's like six one uh you know dark, dark hair, hair slim and he goes yeah have you seen anyone like and he's like every day when i look in the mirror <laughs> you just, you just describe me pal <laughs> yeah. it's so great <laughs> but it's yeah sorry we kind of i guess we kind of derailed your point with the old man breakfast talk but yeah it's 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 great when he like he can't even stop himself from and it goes into that kind of thing of those characters in those tv shows that he can't even stop himself from helping the cop who knows who he is even though he knows there's a danger that it'll get him caught yeah hey he's, he's taking the hippocratic oath he's, he's got he's, he's he's bound to to do that and um yeah like i really it's such a great performance from ford here like i think he's a great example of how gr- a great masculine vulnerability that a lot of that, yeah. that a lot of actors that I think today kind of don't really do because again because it's so insincere and snarky. Whereas here, it's like he allows himself to be vulnerable in so many moments. You know, he's not the be- he's not a fighter. He'll try and fight. He's, he's coming scared. off his- he's scared the entire even when he's angry, he's scared. Like the yeah. bit where he he confronts um, I forgot the dude's name. Um, he confronts his old surgeon friend who's behind the big conspiracy or is heavily involved in it in the uh Devlin McGregor uh conspiracy. Um and he's like you switch the sample he's shaking because part of it is rage, <laughs> but also it's like he's he's scared the entire time. You know, he's not he's not a fighter. He doesn't have experience with escape and evasion. You know, this is all stuff that he's just doing because he's desperately trying to figure out why and you know why he he's been framed and set up and how to actually like you know get out of it and it's just um it's i love the way they set the character up that every time he does do like a really smart thing to escape you totally buy it yes yeah he's a really switched on guy yeah totally i totally agree and i love how they um the whole fugitive aspect and his his driving mission um they always bring it back to the relationship that he has with his wife i think they sell that really well like considering they you know she's only on screen for however long um like i forgot the actress's name is it Celia ward, Cela ward. It? yeah Cela ward like she and harrison ford have great chemistry in here and obviously bearded long hair slick back harrison ford is one of his peak sexy looks um i just buy that those guys are like madly in love and oh yeah the dream sequences that they do are super inventive where it's 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 Richard reliving the trauma of that night. Um, it's just, it's just, it's all again. I'm falling into your trap here. I'm just like, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> but I, I'm hoping folks, everyone who's listening is doing the same the, thing. You know, this isn't going to be a particularly innovative podcast discussion because everyone knows the fugitive rocks. I don't really have a earth-shattering kind of historical no. political perspective to share on this, other than Shit. that I love, I love. Richard Kimball and I love Samuel Gerard and Tom Lee Jones in this movie. Yeah. This and Men in Black are like two performances that that kind of changed my brain. Um, oh, Under Siege. <laughs> oh, Under Siege. I didn't watch until I was later. <laughs> but oh, yeah. again, like when I was younger, like I think I had two big acting obsessions. One was Bruce Willis when I was introduced to Die Hard with a Vengeance, and I ended up wanting to. I wanted to be a Bruce Willis guy. So I want to watch all the Die Hards. I want to watch all the other Bruce Willis yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one was watching men in black and just being like Tommy Lee Jones is like my favorite because it was kind of around about 2007 he just done no country for old men as well 
Um, yeah, great in that too. And so I ended up watching like Men in Black, No Country for Old Men. Um, You're a big fan of The Hunted as well, aren't you? The Hunted, yeah, that was one that I got around I to when I was like that. early teenager. Oh my god, dude, he is amazing in that. It's one of his best performances. Um, and like a lot of tedious people will say that Tommy Lee Jones gives the same performance in every movie. No. He absolutely does not. He is such a great performer. That, um, that is my least one of my least favorite film criticisms that people. Oh, make. it sucks! It sucks! It's we, I think we've had this conversation on this before, yeah. but I, it yeah. winds me up when people are like, "Oh, he just plays the same guy and everything." It's like, a no, because usually when people <laughs> say it, it's not true, and and b you're criticizing someone for playing to Charis- their strengths. Yeah, having charisma. Yeah, um, like Tommy it's Lee always Jones, said about the most charismatic actors. Like he is so good at maintaining that dry persona on screen and he can interlace it with different nuances like Gerard in The Fugitive he is a confident um, committed professional with a guarded sympathy and likes to have fun that's his whole thing he likes to have fun he's a likeable asshole he, he enjoys his job you know, yeah. he enjoys his job. He enjoys his co-workers. And you get to Kay in Men in Black and you have that kind of, like, committed professionalist, committed professional, dry, you know, this is my job thing. I know this phase is me kind of dynamic to it. Then that kind of guarded sorrowfulness, you know, from the fact that he has had to leave his entire life behind, you know. He just, he does, he's such a multi-talented actor. I think he does, like, comedy really, really well. And the bits that, I love most about the fugitive i just i think it's one of his best performances because he is so funny in it but also because like he is so he's so determined there's something i just enjoy in watching a movie he's, where he's his, the guys the guy's main character trait is he's good at his job i really like that <laughs> yeah people people like i know people like the idea of seeing a character face a challenge and adversity and, and that adds a lot of tension to a lot of movies sometimes it's just great seeing professionals be good at what they do <laughs> yeah that's my favorite like genre of movie <laughs> it, it's um tommy lee jones this is a bit of an aside also has is responsible for one of the best behind the scenes hollywood oh, set stories yeah the, the the jim carrey i will not sanction you i cannot sanction your buffoonery you know the part is the me funniest thinks, thing to say to anyone just part of me thinks the way that jim carrey tells that story it's as if tommy lee jones was too dry for him because tommy lee jones is a goofy guy like he enjoys being yeah. a goof in so many different things. Like he is a funny man. I, mean, I don't yeah, know. He's chewing scenery in a lot like, of movies. I don't know if he was taking the piss with Carrie. Carrie d- maybe did. I could be talking complete shite right now. But there is just something. Part. But whenever someone tells that story, I'm like, I don't see Tommy Lee Jones as a grumpy man. I see a man who likes to take the piss and have a laugh. Do you think? I mean, he's. Do you know what? He's actually kind of got a similar vibe to Ford. I think. Yeah. Like. People go into how much, especially like now, Harrison Ford is a grumpy old man. But when he gets a chance to play into that grumpy old man persona, he can be so funny. And he knows exactly what he's doing in like interviews. Yeah. And he, he said he said before he doesn't really like doing interviews. No. So I do think there's a bit of a grumpy old madness there. Grumpy old madness, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he um he knows it. And he knows it's going to be there naturally, so he does play it up a little bit, and it makes interviews a lot funnier. Mm. But yeah, have you ever listened few... to his? Have you, sorry, have you ever listened no, to his ahead. Nerdist podcast episode? No, I have not. 
I, I mean, I haven't listened to that show in a, in a very long time, but when I was like 18 to 20, I used to listen to the Nerdist podcast all the time. Um, and the only one that was like really awkward was uh, his episode, Chris Hardwick did an episode with Harrison Ford, and he was just very much like, this is like he was geeking out over it and harrison ford just detects that vulnerability in the in, in the interview and just proceeds to make the entire interview as awkward as he possibly can for chris hardwick <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uncomfortable to listen to but it's very funny when you know what ford is doing mm. i'll just have fun i mean i've never been in that position where i've actually been interviewing like a big big idol um like if I was if I was no. interviewing like I'd, I'd probably be a little bit nervous, but I honestly I'd kind of enjoy being roasted by Tommy Lee Jones or Harrison <laughs> yeah, Ford. You would make the most of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like keeps that story. The Fugitive with Tommy like Tommy Lee Jones's performance in this movie, like it's um, it is one of those where it's like a formative thing. I think I've spoken to you about like how like my guys are like Kurt Russell, Tommy Lee Jones, and recently Lee Marvin. Like these these dudes, they're um they're all great at i just i fucking love them all but tommy jones like he in this film this is some foundational ewan patterson filmic (laughs) interest stuff going on here um adore this movie to pieces and i think you know it's a prime example of why he is such a great performer everything that is great about tommy jones is laid on the page in the fugitive um and he just plays off everyone so well, so, so he, well, and yeah, he won best supporting actor, right? So yes, he did this same year because we're we're falling over Tommy Lee Jones a lot, rightly so. This same year, who was up for and who won best actor? Oh, this is going to be a, a good bit question. Of I, yeah, um, I do a bit of Google com- here, but I didn't come prepared here, mate. Because Harrison not... Ford, no, I know, I know, I've thrown a blind side at you, my. Harrison Ford is incredible in this as well. I just, I, I know I, I said I think it's his did, best performance. I, I'm not sure if he got nominated. Or I, not. He didn't. I remember reading it the other day. I just can't remember who uh, was who was yeah. up for it or won. But I remember not seeing Harrison Ford's name and being like, "That's insane." Because I just think Harrison Ford is as honestly, I think he's as good as Tommy Lee Jones in this, in a completely yes. different kind of performance, in a in a totally different way. Like, so this was the 66th Academy Awards. So yeah, I guess it would have here. been in '94. Is that when Tom Hanks won? Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis was also nominated in The Name of the Father, Lawrence Fishburne, What's Love Got to Do With It, Anthony Hopkins, The Remains of the Day, and Liam Neeson, uh, Schindler's List, is uh, Oscar Schindler. Yeah, that's when Tom Hanks won two years in a row, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for best supporting actor, the other candidates were uh, Tommy Lee Jones, The Fugitive, Leonardo DiCaprio, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, oh, Ray yeah. Fiennes, Schindler's List, John Malkovich in The Line of Fire, oh, and, and Pete Postlethwaite in The Name of the Father. Um, Pete Postlethwaite from Warrington. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, oh, Malkovich Warrington had to give up some. Warrington had to, to come up with something good sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we got... I think he's the best one we have, right? <laughs> well, Tim Curry's from Grappinall, right? Oh, shit, yeah, Tim Curry. Oh, yeah, yeah shout yeah. out to Tim Curry there. All I could think of was Kerry Katona and Chris Evans, not the Captain America one for any American <laughs> friends listening. <laughs> Poundland Chris Evans. Can I... I want to ask you which performance you prefer, because these are two big ones on the podcast recently that you have gone crazy over. Mm. You can only keep one. Tommy Lee Jones in keep... The Fugitive, John Travolta in Broken Arrow. <laughs> Fuck you, Dan Greenman. <laughs> Fuck you. 
You uh, bleeding out his ears right now. Like, why would you like? First of all, fuck you for introducing forced scarcity into the podcast here. <laughs> I can have both. I already have both. I don't have to get rid of any. Um, secondly, it would have to be Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive. Okay. Um, I, I think that is that. like, even though even though Travolta's Broken Arrow performance became my obsession last year, this is the, the, <laughs> Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones as as uh, Samuel Gerard has uh, lived with me for way longer. It's um, a lifelong love. And I love Daly. Um, he's just he's just brilliant in this movie. And I, I I truly do think like I'm not this is not a bit. I do think he deserved to win the Oscar that oh, year. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. It is a fantastic performance. It's easily dismissed as just like generic action thriller fare. Um, but the Fugitive does not work without him. Like Harrison Ford is amazing in this movie. Don't get me wrong. But there is no one else who could have done Gerard, and it's no surprise that when they wanted to do a sequel to this, it was with Gerard and the U.S. Oh, Marshals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when, and we will um... we will get to U.S. Marshals eventually because I do think as a movie it's fun, but it squanders the premise of actually spinning out these characters into successive movies. Um, this, this is the thing with U.S. Marshals. I haven't seen it in a long time. I think I've only yeah. seen it once, maybe ten years ago. Twice for me. Snipes, yeah, snipes rules in general. Um. I would still very much like us to do Passenger 57 sometime. Yep, we will. The it's thing, on the list. <laughs> the thing with U.S. Marshals, I remember thinking it was an alright movie and it was a fun movie. I don't remember loving it. may feel differently now. I always think they made the mistake of having Gerard. It was a mistake to have Gerard hunt down another innocent man. This is it. This is it. This I completely agree with you. Um, I think I'm going to try and get Scott... Scott Wiley from the Action Addicts podcast to talk about U.S. Marshals because he's mentioned um, that it's one of his fave yeah, like, yeah. dad movies. So I want to talk about it with him on that and we'll go into it then because I've not seen it in like a good long while now. But yeah, I would totally agree that the, the, the reason why U.S. Marshals frustrates me as a movie... I mean, to be fair, I think it has a great twist with Robert Downey Jr. and I won't spoil it here just in case anyone <laughs> hasn't seen the film. because yeah, I forgot it'll, RDJ it'll was be, in that. It'll be less seen than The Fugitive. I really like RDJ's role in that film. Um, but yeah, the idea of going after another innocent guy, it just kind of sucks. I would have liked to have seen him actually go down and hunt down a bastard, which to be fair, yeah, exactly. they would, to be fair, they may have been plotting that movie and thinking, oh, that'll be a bit generic now, you know, essentially not with that character, but not with that character. I would enjoy seeing Tommy Lee Jones being, you know, being positioned against a charismatic guy on the run. Yeah, I would watch ten movies of Samuel Gerard hunting down, and him bastards. and and him and Joey Pants uh, have to go and have to go and find him. By the way, Joe Pantaliano is fantastic in this movie. He's I mean, great. Like, he's fan- he's great in every movie. It's not my bloody favorite lo- Joey Pants role, but only because I, of I love him in Bad Boys. I bloody love Joey Pants. Um, jo- Joey Pants in Bad Boys is, I think, personally the best police captain character of all time. He's fucking great. To be fair, at that, <laughs> I just um, I have modelled my winter looks after <laughs> Cosmo. Cosmo, Cosmo's out winter looks because this is this is a great autumn movie for me. I wanted to originally do this. Inspiration. No, uh, Dan, I'll go into my wardrobe now and I'll show you. Right, um, I believe it. But like. In um, I wanted to do this. I wanted to originally do this episode like in the autumn or winter because it is quite a chilly film. Like it's it's nice and you know they're all cold. They're it's all very you know chilly. Or whatever we're 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 in peak hot UK weather at the minute. It's yeah, um, we're, we're it's a barmy twenty, 20 degrees. degrees Celsius. Yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> which all the Americans are laughing now. and going. I'm sounding <laughs> sarcastic. I whinge when it goes above twenty degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but 
it's always such a cold weather movie for me. Hang on, Dan. I'm literally gonna. I'm taking my headphones now. I'm gonna take them off. I'm oh, gonna shit. show you this this thing that I have. Yeah. Uh, one second. Basically, for anyone who obviously this isn't a visual medium. This is a. I'm gonna do a little narration here. Uh, we're just gonna do a, a whole montage of you and trying on different outfits, and I'm gonna like shake my head at each one. <laughs> I can see him wearing that. Yeah. You would yeah. show me a jumper. So we yeah we're gonna uh, we'll just film and edit a whole montage of me shaking my head at you and trying on various outfits that is until the, uh, he finally settles on the right one. That is that is the Cosmo Renfro special. That is. It's very out of his world. I've got to tell you, it's very very cozy. Can you put up a very... photo of that when you? Oh yeah, post the episode? I'll do a whole I'll do a whole <laughs> runway look. Um, I love that one. Just, uh, I think my true calling really was to be a U.S. Marshal and to wear like an over-the-shoulder uh, holster and yeah, just go yeah. around uh, trading trading barbs with with uh, Tommy Lee Jones Work as bands. my yeah yeah yeah. Um, don't argue with the big dog. The big dog's always right. <laughs> <laughs> we we've gone a lot into like the lines and the characters and the performances, um, but one of the things I feel like we've not really mentioned is how ridiculously well shot i think this movie is yeah i touched on it a little bit at the beginning because i was watching it in the cinema and i couldn't get over how immaculately constructed the first the first 10 minutes of this film and to be fair the first the first 30 minutes of this movie are fucking incredible i mean the first I can two see... hours of it <laughs> yeah the first two hours <laughs> i can see i can even though i think all of it is great i can see where people would maybe think that it, it lags a little bit in the middle third i, I disagree because it really does yeah, kind of, it's it's such a great cohesive product for me um but it is truly incredibly well directed and marshaled by davis who you know I, I like under siege i like that movie but it never gave me the vibe of a guy who could turn in something like the fugitive oh which yeah i truly very... think is like it, one of the best like action thrillers i have that's because of seagal though <laughs> well, and no, I don't, you're working yeah. with when you're working with an actor like Seagal versus working with actors like Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, you're going to get very different results, both entertaining in very different ways. Yeah, I mean the other Andrew Davis movie that I have seen is uh, Collateral Damage. That's the Arnie one in, in 2002. Oh, yeah, before he became governor, um, there oh, is one other <laughs> that is that is on my watch list, um, on. which is another. To be fair, it's, it sounds right up my street. I think I think this has been recommended to me before. Um, it's called The Package, and it stars Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, that one is in my watch list, so I do need to get around to that. But it is truly great, because this it does strike me as an anomaly. You know, like, I feel like yeah, someone who turned yeah, in The Fugitive yeah. would have then gone on to turn in multiple... Have you seen Code of Silence? I have not seen. It comes down to fun. It's 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 a Chuck Norris movie that's not too action heavy, and it's kind of like more of a police thriller. I think you'd enjoy it. Oh, Dennis Freener's in it. Okay, I got Dennis Freener is in it. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good movie. It's it's. Uh, I think Chuck Norris very much, as said he considers it his best movie. Mm. It's not okay. his most fun, but it's it's probably his best made. You know, I got to admit to you, Dan, right now, Chuck Norris movies are a big blind spot for me. My dad, my yeah. dad showed me a bunch of episodes of Walker Texas Ranger when I was younger, so I have that in my locker. But I have not seen an actual Chuck Norris movie. I don't think Chuck Norris is kind of a weird one that he's kind of got the all these jokes about him, um, and he's good. He's good in action scenes, but he's the 
uh, most wooden actor who has ever lived. <laughs> oh, the man you know has what no I do charisma. Actually, you know what I actually do need to see. Um, it will make me sad though. Um, I need to Delta see Force. the Delta Force yeah, because it's Lee Marvin's last screen role. I I have the Blu-ray somewhere. Chuck oh. Norris would not have worked well in The Fugitive. No, no, I mean, yeah. No, to be fair, definitely not. maybe oh. maybe in some alternate reality where he plays Gerard, how hilarious would that have been? Yeah, I think he could have played like a dead body in a morgue and pulled it off. He's good at, he's good at action. Invasion USA is a very fun Chuck Norris movie. I did watch um, Patrick Willem's What is the Most 80s Movie of All Time video of the week, and uh, Invasion USA was one it's of the candidates there. on there. Um, it's a lot of fun, Invasion USA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, peak. I'm, I'm always gonna come out and bat for a guy in double denim yeah, killing people. Peak twin Uzis. Yeah, yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Uh, kind of. No, it's it's a very good movie. No, it's a fun movie. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, what is your favorite scene in the film? Because even though I think the opening, like the, 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 the damn meeting between them is so, so good. I love that scene a bit. Um, I really, really like the St. Patrick's Day chase. This is, this is how good this movie is that I could name eight scenes right now off the top of my head. Yeah. I think the best scene in the movie might be Gerard's introduction scene. Mm-hmm. Because I absolutely, like, I love the cop telling the fake story, Gerard immediately knowing it's bullshit, calling up the cop, and then, like, his little speech is one of my favourite movie speeches ever, of just the the whole, like... Gotta search every hen house, whore house, out. outhouse, back house, <laughs> slaughterhouse. It's like, average speed is four miles an hour, that gives us an average of six miles. Oh, I want so dogs from here and here. I want checkpoints. I want a helicopter for going the from delivery here to here. Of such a simple line of him, just he could have just gone. If you, his name is Doctor Richard Kimball, but Tommy Lee Jones' delivery of that line is amazing. It's 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 great. The contempt that he has for him, like he's he's mocking his title. He's like yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah. Richard Kimball. Like I love that. I love. That I go back bits. and watch that speech like regularly i'll just youtube mm-hmm. it because i'll be like i want to watch it again <laughs> yeah he's just the, the the energy that he imbues this movie is brilliant because you have ford who is deliberately exhausted throughout the entire movie and kind of subtle and anxious and scared but still yeah. resourceful you need gerard the high energy of gerard and and joey pants to really like lift it up a little bit but i, I love like the thing i love about this movie when i was saying about how well it was shot as well is like you remember just as many shots as you do lines. So you yes. you have like you have like the shot of Harrison Ford running away from the train, which is so good that I'm genuinely every time I'm like, is, is they gonna hit him? <laughs> and then you have like as as for uh, Tommy Lee Jones is doing his speech, you have Ford running through the the riverside, amazing. The shot of Ford jumping out of the pipe over the dam. So good with the great one, well, the all-time great um, movie ragdolls. Oh no! Yes. Okay. Oh my god! Yes, I yeah, you were no, we... go to the Simpsons parody. Well, well, no, we can, we can, we can absolutely talk about the Simpsons here because that bit <laughs> where, um, where because we watched me and Zan rewatched that episode. Uh, Which episode this is week? It? It's um, Lisa's rival. Uh, it's the one yes. where um, Allison like gets introduced yeah, as yeah, like another yeah, big yeah. brain. Um, 
But yeah, it's like, but I did, uh, it's like when I got Milhouse's name on the FBI's most one. He's like, he's there on the swings, trying to take him alive. <laughs> oh the, no, um, not the again. Bit where they, the bit where they redo the scene in, in the sewer, the guy who does the Tommy Lee Jones line in care. the Simpsons episode does it as good as Tommy Lee Jones does in the movie. <laughs> like, it's a little different, yeah. but he nails it. I don't it's, care. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I, and then the, the Milhouse jumping out of the thing and just that extra line of him going, my glasses. And when he shows up later in the episode, his glasses are like all fucking <laughs> biffed in that. Oh, I love that episode. Oh, man. man, The Simpsons is so... Uh, here's our form from our foreign exchange student, Uder, who did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I begged you to look at mine first. I begged you. Because I've had this conversation twice this week, weirdly. Um, so I want to have it a third time with you, of all people. Just very briefly, totally mm-hmm. off topic from The Fugitive, what is the best episode of The Simpsons? Oh, why would you do this to me? Right, Actually, I Actually, I think there is one right answer. Right, no. I, there's not, there's I not. Can't, I can't answer definitively what is the best episode of okay, The Simpsons. Okay, okay, give me like some, give me like a top three or a right, top so, five. I, I would purely look at this to, from a favourites perspective because I adore The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, like that's, I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I love it. The one that I come back to most frequently is being like the, oh, that's my fave. There are two. There are two, okay? so I'm hoping one, one of them is, is mine. One of them is Homer versus the 18th Amendment, which is quite a late season. That's like season season eight or nine. I can't remember. I think uh, it's like season eight. nine. Yeah. Um, that's one where he becomes the beer baron. And I love it because I love Rex Banner as a character. And you have that bit where he's got all the tanks underneath and then it's going, kablooey, kablow. Oh, I'm that's, sorry, that's Marge. A, it must have been that bean five. I had earlier. And then... He's got a top the... five Simpsons joke in it of, of Rex Banner looking over the town and going, I'll get you, beer baron. And then you just say, oh, go, no, you won't. And then the other one, cause I can't I can't name a bunch because it'll really upset me and I'll forget them. Um, the other one that I really love is um, is the Abe Simpson flying hellfish adventure because yeah, it's good such episode, good it's such a love letter to like those World War Two comics that I absolutely adore, and it's one of the best animated thing. Like it's one of the most gorgeously animated episodes of The Simpsons ever, um, and it's really fucking funny. And I just yeah, big fan of you got a great action. I love Grandpa as a character. <laughs> Um, okay, Dan. Now you have to give, I'm, I'm you getting, have to give me yours, and then when I'm, I when I listen oh, yeah, back to this sure, and I, I edit it, I'm going to be really, really annoyed that I've forgotten a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I do I I'm enjoying taking us on these little tangents every episode. Yeah. Uh, the best episode of The Simpsons, um, and I think when I say this episode, you're going to go, "Oh shit, yeah, this episode is one of the best episodes of The Simpsons." The best episode of The Simpsons is you only move twice. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you. Were it's the best say episode it. of The Simpsons. Want any cream? It's so good. Uh, That's yeah, the best joke in the episode. No. <laughs> There's a really underrated joke in that episode. Good day, Mr. Bond. You're a madman, Scorpio. It's when, I can't remember what they say before it, but Hank Scorpio's running and he gets to their door and then he takes his shoe off and he throws it and he goes, you ever seen a man say goodbye to his shoe? And Homer goes, yes, what? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I okay. that episode. Yeah, great time. Hey, Homer, oh, yeah, if you kill any of these guys, it'd be really helpful. <laughs> oh, the, the Hammock District down on third. Hammocks are Rose, that's also on third. Uh, yeah, sorry. So what the point we were all going to is how well shot this movie is. Because I think there's just so many, like, really memorable shots that you like, you like almost remember as many shots as you do 
great lines in the movie and i think in an age where we kind of in big blockbusters cinematography has taken a little bit of a hit i think it's fair to say i watched fast 10 yesterday it's one of the most uglyly shot movies (laughs) i've ever seen (laughs) no you are no i you are you know what you are in dan dan you are in the trough with that movie man yeah that is that is my take on fast x here's my take on fast x is fast x a good movie no did i have an absolute blast watching it yes i still every the whole movie i was going this is a fucking mess there's so much not right in this it's not great looking it doesn't look like the eighth most expensive movie ever made which it is but when certain things happened like dominic toretto playing rocket league with a giant bomb i was like this rules i'm sorry i have my brand and i'm sticking to it i i interjected there to to shit on fast x but i'll let you i'll let you continue you need to let me know what some of your favorite shots i think the shot of ford running away from the train is the best shot in the movie it's beautifully dwindled i'm not i'm i'm plucking this from from the trivia corners of my mind they did legitimately crash a train for this movie um it looks like they did um like there's probably some miniature work in there as well but i'm fairly certain like they did crash a train um and it just yeah so fucking good they make it genuinely look like he gets out the train at the last other not the train the bus at the last second as well yeah yeah, yeah. jumping one of my it it hits it so i love the shot of obviously gerard holding kimball at gunpoint on the dam that's all so well done um i love the bit of when newman is holding his ear outside the raid and, and Tommy Jones is approaching <laughs> him, you know, in his disguise completely. Like, he doesn't care that he's wearing, like, everyone else is taking off most of their disguise, but he's got all of it on because he doesn't care. So he's just there giving this very serious yeah. talk with this stupid, like, kind of hat on. I love that shot. And I really, really like the bit where um, Kimball has just made it out of the prison and he's, like, got his leg caught in the in in the bulletproof um door and then gerard shoots him and they both exchange a look and gerard's mm. got that kind of like frustrated kind of like oh you oh why you i order yeah you are oh, i'll get you for this kimball like i love that <laughs> i love that so much um so yeah i so it's Some great it's, helicopter it's so... stuff at the end as well Oh god, yeah. I mean, that entire finale is so well done, and that you know the bit where um, Cosmo gets dinked on the head by the big grate. When oh. I watched that in the cinema, me, me and my mate, we were just like, "Ooh!" <laughs> like, I had it, that reaction watching it on my TV at home. It makes a big clunk, like it makes it, a big clunk. If you said that they genuinely hit Joey Pants with a giant metal bar to get that shot, and he didn't know it was coming, and they just went, "This is gonna fucking look good." I would yeah. believe you because that, that shot is believable yeah. when he gets hit in the face by that. <laughs> but yeah, no. Chapman did this and it's um it's bloody what else gorgeous. Did Chapman do? Did he drive in front of you? Michael Chapman shot taxi driver. Like he was the main cinematographer on that. He was a camera operator on Jaws, but he was a full on he was the full uh, cinematographer right. for Taxi Driver. Not a not a new take to say that Taxi Driver is a well shot movie. Yeah, probably Scorsese's most beautiful yeah. looking. I want to don't, say. Don't think anyone's gonna be like you're. You're insane, Dan. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's a well shot movie, and um, I fucking love The Fugitive, and it's so it's so crazy that it feels so, uh, like given, given what 
Andrew Davis did, I just, it's kind of, it's wild to me that he didn't go on to make, cook up like several other, you know, yeah, bangers yeah, yeah. here. I think you find that more with the 90s. Like, you just find a lot of directors who made like a couple of the best action movies of all time and then just sort of trail off yes. weirdly. I don't know. I don't yeah. think it happens as much anymore. But then I guess it's because a lot of directors will just go on to like Netflix productions and stuff now that do get a lot of viewers, even though they're not really remembered for weeks after they come out yeah no we haven't for the entirety of this podcast we haven't given any kind of plot break well i gave the, the synopsis at the beginning i'm just going to assume that everyone listening to this has, has seen hey, the people have seen the movie but um i the the conspiracy here about the pharmaceutical companies um i mentioned at the beginning like early on that i didn't have any like a uh, shuddering political historical context take for this i don't <laughs> but i really do like the the jabs that this thing takes not only at like shitty law enforcement you've got gerard and his boys going up against like incompetent state patrol incompetent uh chicago pd who extracted the you know who didn't you know follow up on their leads properly or whatever and again the the man with the with the arm is a former chicago police officer as well but yeah, the, the whole pharmaceutical stuff here, where it's like they're trying to suppress evidence that this new miracle surgery drug that they're introducing, um, you know, it causes like is it internal bleeding that it causes um, liver damage? That's it. What's the name of the one-armed man in it? Oh, the uh, the the character or the, the actor's name? The character. Let's try uh, and Frederick Sykes. That's Frederick it. Sykes. Great yeah, fight yeah. scene between him and Ford on the train. Ford throws in a That's cracking so punch. That's so good. I did, it's one of my favourite punches, that. Yeah. And it's got a little appearance from uh, from uh, the actor Neil Flynn, which turns into a really great subplot in an episode of Scrubs. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> no, I have not. I never watched Scrubs. There's an episode of Scrubs where Neil Flynn's character, who's Neil Flynn's the janitor in the hospital, and there's an episode of Scrubs where JD is watching The Fugitive and he gets to that scene, and he's like, oh shit, that's the janitor. And he spends the whole movie trying to prove that the janitor was in The Fugitive, and then it turns, they do it so that he it, he, it wasn't Neil Flynn playing the, the character in The Fugitive, it was actually the janitor from Scrubs had a small part in that movie. Very funny little subplot. Very good. I'm glad that The Fugitive is getting pop culture references outside of, uh, outside of everything. <laughs> it's a, oh, it's just a movie that will just be, it's timeless. It'll be popular forever because we all know. I don't think I've ever met anyone who doesn't like this movie. Yeah, same. Uh, oh, you know what I'm learning here as well. I mean, this, the reason why I've not heard of it is probably because it's bad. Leslie Nielsen did a parody of this, wrongfully, accused. wrongfully accused. Yeah, really Have funny joke it? in that. I haven't, but there's a ver- uh, in a long time. Sorry, I haven't in a it long time. It looks like it's been. It looks like it was pretty panned. But to be honest, I kind of yeah, watch great, it just just great from, just Leslie Nielsen joke where uh, I think it's in wrongfully accused. Where um, Leslie Nielsen says something about a woman's dog, and he goes, uh, "Oh, your your dog's got a really weird face." And the woman goes, "That's his asshole." And he goes, "Oh, no wonder he didn't like that treat I just fed him." Good, good, yeah. <laughs> Funny joke. <laughs> yeah, I love Nielsen. Yeah, Fugitive, great movie. Richard Kimball and Samuel movies. Gerard, two of the coolest dudes ever. This is on the dad movie Mount Rushmore. There's a reason why it's in the intro and also in the art for the podcast. It's one of my favourite movies of all time. I adore this one. Tommy Lee Jones for life. Um, yeah. Great, great movie. And I'm glad that I got to subject Dan to my, my cosy winter wear uh, jumper. <laughs> inspired inspired by Joey Pants' iconic look in uh, 
as Cosmo Renfro. Cosmo Renfro, by the way, is one of the coolest fucking names. We talk about <laughs> cool names in movies all the time. How have we not brought up Cosmo Renfro? That's a good name. That's a good name. Movies got Cosmo a lot of good names. Renfro. What a great name. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Good sidekick name. Yeah, fully. So, yeah, I think um, The Fugitive deserves all its flowers. Uh, I think it is deservedly one of, if not potentially the greatest dad movie ever. It's, um, yeah, for sure up there. Fantastic film. And I'm not going to bother giving you all the synopsis because you should all know the main gist yeah, of the you story. Um, and yeah, you just hear, you just hear, hear these two idiots just talk about how great it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I, sorry, I've been on a big, like, e- extra amount of tangents from me today. Tangents are allowed, Dan. Yeah, tangents, that's good. I enjoy them. Tangents are the lifeblood of the, of the podcast. <laughs> Where would we be without tangents? Yeah, I'd be nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know what they also say: don't argue with the big dog. Cause the big dog <laughs> is always right. Can I get a woof woof? <laughs> He's not gonna woof woof for me, folks. I'm not woof woofing. Woof woof woof. There we go. <laughs> That's the third woof of the podcast. Oh man! Bloody love the fugitive. One um, of the best movies ever. Dan. Thank you so much for joining me for this discussion on one of the greatest movies ever made. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, I was psyched when you asked me to do this one. I was very yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you all for listening to the wheel of dad movies podcast. This has been our little look at the fugitive. Um, probably going to do us marshals later in the year. I'm going to commit to doing that. Um, cause I'm very curious to see how it holds up in comparison um but yeah thank you for listening folks um remember if you want to go and support the podcast you can do so on patreon and right now giving a quick thank you to my patrons thank you christopher darby george jackson thomas Morgrew, who went to see the fugitive with me at the cinema he's one of my best pals in real life it's not a patron privilege i'm afraid uh shaka and josh brown uh yeah you can go to patreon we love dad movies there if you want to support us be super appreciated you can also find the podcast on Twitter at Wheel of Dad Movies. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan Ruins Things. Dan, where can the fine US Marshals in our audience hunt you down, the fugitive you are, and hear your movie takes? Um, you can find me on Twitter at DanGreenman92. Just come off a big stint, just repeatedly tweeting about the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, and getting back on my Western bullshit soon to, to learn some more, to further my education. Um, and Dan Grima on Letterboxd. Nice. Dan, when are you gonna when are you gonna get around to watching the professionals? Oh soon. It's 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 high up on the list. I told you yesterday we're going Ducky Sucker next because I gotta get through the last Leo. Yeah. I've already uh, managed to indoctrinate my cousin into my love for Lee Marvin and Robert <laughs> Mitchum, so you're next on the list. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fine. That's fine, that's fine. Um but yeah, thank you all for listening, folks. Have a good day, and we'll see you next time.